1: Hello and welcome to the Raptors weekly podcast coming a little bit later in the week, usually they release on Mondays, but I thought it might make more sense to do it now, given that we're getting closer to the, you know, the restart of the regular season. And it's a little bit of time to kind of digest what happened with the all-star weekend and here to digest all things all-star and then talk about all things all-star with me, Jamar Hines, who is my colleague over at Raptors Republic. If you've heard him on here before, you know he's great on the podcast. If you've written, if you've read his work, you know he's great with the pen. But we're here to talk. Jamar, how you doing, man? I am back. I'm doing well. How are yeah, you doing? I, I'm good. Is this like uh the Michael Jordan I'm back <laughs> quotations?
0: Not that good yet. Not that good yet. Maybe one day I'll be able to, you know, be the MJ of podcasting,
1: but not there yet a few more years i think it was eric kareen in between writing for the national post and writing for the athletic he started writing at raptors republic for a, a spell and okay. uh, and there's also like and vivek as well after he had worked for yahoo sports he came back to raptors republic for a spell and these are like very big names in the industry And, you know, you're only you're only a little bit away from that. You know what I mean? Like, you'll have a moment, too, where you get to be like, oh, yeah, I've got a feature for Raptors Republic. It could have gone (laughs) elsewhere, but I'll give it to the RR fellas, something like that. You know what I mean? We'll see what the future holds. (laughs) (laughs) Just just need basketball to keep happening. But, uh, you know, you asked how I'm doing. I'm doing good. But uh, speaking of doing good, Fred Van Vliet, our guy representing the Raptors, also representing the Raptors, uh, Scotty and Precious. We'll start there. Precious Achua, Rising Stars star. What did you think of that? That was fun. You got the full
0: spectrum of Precious Achua there. Um, He was making threes. He was making some tough shots. And then, you know, he looked off Desmond Bain like he would look off... uh, uh pascal siakam i wonder if that did that get him benched because like isaiah thomas took him out of the game and he never came back i wonder if that got him benched but it he was very he was very fun to watch i thought he was going to be mvp for a second there in the uh final game but it's just it was it was incredible because desmond bade is one of the best shooters in the league and he's just he's he has his pocket ready. He's ready to catch that pass, and Precious just looks him off. It's like, no, I'm Precious Atua. You don't know what you're doing. I'm taking this corner three. Is it contested? Yep, but I don't care because I'm Precious Atua. It, it just made me it made me laugh. But he, he was great. He was great.
1: It's I. It's a meme I use quite frequently on Twitter. To describe the precious experience, and I always make sure I have the little trademark after I say the precious experience. But it's one frame is somebody saying I am a genius, and the very next frame is them screaming, "Oh no!" And I genuinely feel that that is that encapsulates fully what happens with precious Chua. as you said, looking off one of the best shooters in the league to airball. And the, the, <laughs> I forgot
0: el- it was an airball. Oh my yeah.
1: gosh! Oh yeah, yeah. He didn't even he didn't even clang it. There was nothing. It was just the the wind blowing as it, you know, it passed over the rim. But the crazy thing is that this is who precious is to new viewers and Raptors fans will probably understand the exact same sentiment that, you know, people who saw him at the rising stars game for the first time, they probably think, Oh, the Raptors, they have like this interesting offensively fueled, big and precious to who can do so much. And, well, I guess we'll see what happens on defense, but offensively, he's got so much going on. And that just isn't the case. Like, he's such a fun example of how different players can be in a very serious setting versus like the kind of pickup setting. Because the last time you we were on this podcast, we ranted and raved about how good his defense had been. And, and you also mentioned like, hey, the three-point shot's coming along. Then he has one thing on offense. And now if people had tuned in, they're probably like, wow, this guy, like, is he going to be, you know, Jokic? He's hitting step backs. He's doing all kinds of things. He's driving on dudes. He's got a wide, manipulative handle. I mean, what would you say to people if they're just tuning into the Raptors now with this podcast, excited to watch them for the rest of year? What would you tell them about Precious Achua? I
0: expect everything. He's a guy that wants to. He's a guy that wants to do everything. He wants to bring the ball up. He wants to handle it, whether he should be or shouldn't be. Um, he'll take a shot from anywhere. Uh, he's he, lobs are an adventure, but he's getting better at that. Um, I'm. I, he's a lot of it is good. Some of it is head scratching, but you know, life's a box of chocolates. You never know what. Never know what you're gonna get.
1: Yeah. You, you That's have to, to yeah. You have to subscribe to like the holistic version of basketball viewing. You just got to take it in stride. And then, so Scotty, not really a ton going on for Scotty in these, like the pickup games and stuff like that. It's not really, I don't know if it's his playground really to do well, all the things the that pro- he wants. The problem
0: is, is that mo- in most cases, especially with the rising stars game, it's a it's a guards game where you you normally have a flashy guard that's going to hog the ball and nothing was more evident of that than in the um, uh the as scotty's game was wrapping up Lamelo was trying to get that game winning three and he's sizing up a guy for like 10 seconds step back air ball nothing's nothing explains my point better than that uh uh, bones highland was also handling the ball a lot so it's like there's not much for scotty to do and scotty can be passive so even if he gets the ball he passes it and i was tweeting no scotty that is not the right mindset that is the right mindset for a normal basketball game but in these games you hog the ball okay (laughs) you show off all your skills you hog the ball you do not pass do not pass the ball so but you pass the ball I mean, he got to do a little. He got to do a little bit, but Scotty Scotty had a Scotty had a hell of a weekend. Almost yeah. didn't make it there. I don't know if you saw Precious and yeah. with, uh, Kayla, Kayla Gray afterwards talking about how they had three different flights canceled and First of all, why did they go back to Toronto? Why couldn't they have just gone from Minnesota to Cleveland?
1: Like maybe they just wanted to like flights for an NBA player is probably like putting on your shoes, so they maybe I they guess. just wanted maybe they just wanted to go get stuff from home. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got if you're going to All Star Weekend, you probably want to wear certain things, and maybe the right. outfits at home or right, you know, whatever else, right? A sneaky okay. link, something like that. <laughs> like, who knows? Got to,
0: got to, get, to, got to get all the drip and whatnot. Yeah, okay, yeah. I get it. Um, but yeah, and then what? Fred had two more spots on the jet or something like that. And then that, that's how they got there.
1: It's very giving, like, very giving guy. Very generous. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, and then obviously the viral video of him and Tyrese Maxey just missing uh, five footer after five footer after five footer. It, it, it was hilarious. He's probably tired at that point. But I don't know. Scotty, the, the vibes were all cool. The, the the When he was being introduced and like the whole... Kitty smile and wave. I don't know. Everything, everything with Scotty is just fun. So this was no different. And then him and uh, maxi were talking afterwards. Like, yeah, we're gonna be on in the fool. It's always funny when a player does something like that egregiously bad, and then you like you if they're sounded up, and they they just know, yeah, this is going on in the fool, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's it yeah, it's the too. the meta commentary definitely adds something like that. That self awareness of like, oh yeah. boy. Because, like, if you're in the 80s playing basketball and, you know, you screw up, it's really tough t- for people to capture that moment. Like, you know, they you can make a, a super cut if you were like it happens when people want to debate like greatest of all time or whatever. You can make mm-hmm. a super cut of LeBron's defensive gaffes of his mistakes and everything because you can just go filter through every game he's ever played. And people have started logging that stuff in the internet age. But basically, and this adds to the mythos of like the 90s, there's only highlights of the 90s and punches thrown. So it's like what we see the 90s as is Michael Jordan hitting every tough shot ever. And then guys getting punched in the face when (laughs) just like on the other side of the league, Denver was giving up like 120 points a game and scoring like 124. And there was no defense to be had. It's just like, but we have this idea just because that's what's packaged through media. And now players know, like, oh, boy, if I do anything, like I could be picking my nose on the sideline. And that could just be, you know, that could be something that's captured and used as, you know, a joke or something. It, it is very, very interesting. But I guess yeah. let's, yeah. And also him being like, I'm going to hug you. Give me a hug is, you know, <laughs> it's really, really funny. But okay, oh, anyway. Well- Oh, Sorry, there's one ahead. more
0: thing. There's one more thing I wanted to bring up regarding Scotty. We forgot about the uh skills challenge. Yes. I didn't complete, I didn't completely understand the rules. I think one of the one of the events, uh, which one was it? Uh it wasn't the, the first one was the shooting, the second, the third one was the obstacle course. What was the second one? Was it the damn it? I can't remember, but anyway, I swear they were in a tie and they ended up losing that event or something like that. I didn't completely understand it and then there is a backstage moment with him and Cade and um, Giddy and they didn't understand the rules either they're like yeah they didn't, uh, they didn't really explain this to me, us properly they were, they were kind of confused
1: they only explained it to the Cavs players properly so that they could win on the home floor that's the take right?
0: yeah Evan Mobley was shooting though like sheesh and Garland too
1: that's a special young team like, yeah. I'm so excited to see what they become. I don't think they have the juice for anything super important this year, but holy moly, having Garland and Mobley there, Allen on a contract that will just be like good and he'll be good to great is really, really interesting. And yeah, they'll be able to add. That's that's the most interesting part is, yeah, that, that rule. So yeah, I'm excited for that. But okay, uh, skills. Shooting, all that kind of stuff, yes. But Fred VanVleet, three-point competition. Any thoughts there?
0: He did better than Kyle Lowry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> His first shot hit the side of the backboard, but that wasn't pretty. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then I, I forget who was on the brackets. Like, this is not a good start. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. But he finished with 16. It was on the lower end of the competition, but he, it wasn't nine. And that is a step in the right direction. Uh, Fred, I feel like he was shooting them slower too than he normally would. I mean, like he's more of a—I feel like he's more of an in-game shooter. But he'll be in that contest again. I don't think this will be his only time in the contest.
1: So, do you think he'll be an All Star again? Well, because when I he was- think that was his his hang up. Prior to that, he wouldn't go in the contest until he was an all star. So I wonder if right. he would, if he would do it without. I guess maybe he's just a perennial all star now. That would be cool.
0: Well, I I was comparing Fred and Pascal to when Kyle and Demar were all stars. So Demar makes his first all star 2014. Kyle makes his first all star 2015. Damar didn't make it in 2015 because he was he injured his groin and he was he that was like his only injury season and he missed like 20 something games. Core is the so, It was nasty. Yeah, business. yeah. So so only Kyle got in, and then 2016 they both made it together. So now you got Siaka making his first in 2020. We're just gonna skip Tampa because like go to hell like that doesn't that didn't count. That's not Toronto. So we're just we're skipping Tampa. So we're gonna go 2022 now. Fred makes his. And the reason why Pascal didn't make it is because he was missed the uh, first bit of the season with his uh, surgery, which is kind of DeMar-like. So if we're going off the same pattern next year, they're both going to make it. I'm sticking by that.
1: Symmetry. I really like that. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty good symmetry there. Uh, the game. Okay, so Fred gets out there, hits a couple threes, but mostly everybody is taken with, you know, the Elam ending, obviously, LeBron's game winner, but mm-hmm. the 475 feet of jump shots that Steph Curry hit. And for the listener, I'm saying, like, the combined feet of all of Steph's makes was 475 feet. That's how many feet of shooting he did. That's insanity. And 16 threes, right? That was yeah, insane.
0: You know, you know you're crazy when... You're you're getting, you start to get double teamed from half court in a freaking all star game. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what though? Steph has been stru. has been struggling. Uh, he's he's been in like in a pretty prolonged slump for like the last part of the first half of the season, and it's just an all star game. But it was just fun to see Steph in that video game mode again. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe that puts him in some sort of rhythm. I don't know. It sounds crazy because, like I said, it is an all-star game. But the type of shots he was hitting, like, some of those deep ones were contested. So I'm just saying that it wouldn't be surprised if he goes back in, a, like, one of those stretches where he's dropping 40 and 10 threes with regularity. I'm just saying it, it felt like he broke out of something there. It felt like the old stuff because Steph had been struggling for a little bit. And um, I think my favorite one was the one, and there were screenshots taken, where he's near, he's like at the bottom part of the logo, I guess. And he just takes it, and the ball is like making its descent, and his back is already turned. (laughs) It's just... I don't know how he does that so often. It's it's absolutely crazy. And then the moment where uh, he's on his role and uh, uh, Dwayne Wade and Reggie and AI were there, and they're all like, they're they're like we are. They're just like mm-hmm. these are guys. All three of them on the um, All Seventy uh, NBA seventy five team, which I'll, I'll, I want to talk a little bit more about that later. But they're all going nuts over it and it's just it's crazy it's crazy the best of the best and they're like us like they're just incredulous at what he's doing it's it's it was really wholesome that was fun
1: it, it's freaking yeah it it leaves you without words a lot of the time right. besides like holy shit what the hell is going on and yet as you said like his ability to play around with fans and the audience and other players while he's doing these incredible feats of shooting. Like, yes, the shot from Logo and turning around like halfway through the shots arc, but he's also talking to the players while he's running back. He's like looking at Trey Young. He's like yeah. laughing, joking. And when he hit, I think it was his 14th three of the game or 15th, I can't remember, in the corner, he turned around on that one too. Yep. He started yep. talking to the audience and said, and asked them, did it go in? Did it go in? <laughs> like you know, and the thing is, to have the presence of mind to dominate a game full of the world's best players and to also be like interacting with the audience while the ball is live is <laughs> like it's crazy. What showmanship man. Uh, the I, top st- or sorry go ahead. Oh
0: sorry. I, I one thing about stuff, I wish you broke Anthony Davis's record. Uh, mm-hmm. and they, i mean he was trying but it got to a point he kind of like cooled off yeah 16 for 27 from 3 but cooled off um where you know they couldn't keep giving him the ball cuz they were about to lose the game so they had to um they had to do that but
1: i was pretty hard I wish he, that demar didn't get the final shot cuz he hit the one before it and like that was so clean
0: that was such oh, a yeah. clean mid-range shot and then I liked Way Wade on the broadcast because he was kind of like the hype man. And, like, he catches the ball, and they're like, uh-oh, clear out. You know what time it is. You know what time it is. <laughs> like, and it's just, like, all net, just a swish. One like look like just a classic DeMar shot that needs to be taken in the fourth quarter all season long. I was really happy for DeMar with that shot.
1: That, yeah, but, yeah, that's uh, why I wanted him to make the final one. I wanted him to get the ball, man.
0: Right, right, right. That that would have been cool. That, but it was and it, it ended the way it was supposed to end. That was kind yeah. of a storybook ending. But the reason why I really wanted Steph to break Anthony Davis's record is because Anthony Davis is fifty-two. I'm not, I'm, tr- I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but it was kind of a farce. Uh, if you remember that 2017 All-Star game in New Orleans, Anthony Davis told his teammates before the game that he wanted to be the MVP. So they were just force feeding him. He had 18 dunks in that game. I remember this vividly because it was the first all-star game package I did at TSN. So I just, I just remember the whole storyline vividly, but yeah, he had 18 dunks in that game finished with 52 points. And then remember that was, that was the last year of the old format where, you know, the East versus West, you know, a lot of those games were not competitive down the stretch because one team would be up typically the West. One team would be up by like 20, something points, but that that was the game, and then the teams were getting close to like two hundred points, because the defense was just like getting more and more non-existent, and then that's when they're like, okay, you know what, we gotta change this. We're scrapping the rules. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do the captains. We're gonna try and you know pizzazz it up a little bit. But yeah, I. I- when when you when you're begging to be the mvp before the game even started and having them force feed you dunks it's just like oh, you don't deserve to have that record i was i was hoping stuff broke you but whatever
1: that was that was the year that russ also had 40 plus too right like that russ i
0: th- I believe so yeah
1: when when russ was actually shooting i think he had like six or seven threes that game and yeah they almost scored 200 wild yeah. just absolutely <laughs> wild it's it's much better now though. I I, I, enjoy I love the Elam ending so much. It, it's such a blast. I love
0: And yeah. now I'll never forget Kyle Lowry drawing key key charges a couple <laughs> of years ago. I doubt. I mean, a lot of people was like, "Oh my gosh, she's drawing charges in an All Star game. I can't believe." I'm like, "No, that was what made it so good. It was like it was so exciting. That was probably one of my favorite All Star games because of that. Like." That, oh my gosh, he's going to try. I think one of them he drew out, the first one, he drew out Kawhi. So, I don't
1: know. Yeah, Kawhi and, and James Harden, quite the, you know, at that point in time, those are like the two best players in the NBA, maybe. Well, LeBron obviously yeah. is, and, you know, mm-hmm. they're hanging around, but yeah, still. Uh The top 75, you have thoughts on the the top 75?
0: Well, actually, I have like numerous thoughts on... Other different things, not not raptor related per se, but uh just thoughts on everything in general. There's some things I love, there's some things I didn't like, and then there's some things I guess kind of kind of in the middle. I guess I'm kind of ripping off Aiden's uh things I dig and things I don't dig. But I just want I just want to touch on a couple of things and see what your thoughts were. So I'll start I'll start with the NBA 75. I loved it, obviously. Um, it's really cool to see all these legends, past and current, in one building. Um, and then some of the some of the videos that you saw afterwards were pretty cool. I love the uh, the the photo moment between a, a bunch of guys like Ray Allen, Melo, Wade, Chris Paul, whatever, whatever, and Dennis Rodman was there. And he's wearing that that 75 jacket and he's like, nah, man, this is ruining. This is ruining what I have on. Let me just toss this shit to the side. Just just tosses the jacket. Ray Allen pointed to his like, what the hell? You're just throwing it on the ground. But I mean, that's that's on brand, Dennis Rodman. You're not gonna ruin what he's wearing. You don't wanna, you don't care give a damn about that jacket. <laughs> so that was cool. It was cool seeing um, it was cool seeing LeBron and MJ interact. Mj, Mj was, Mj was on something because he he was very touchy feely. <laughs> he X-tacy. was very touchy. Yeah, he was very touchy feely. He was even like, one at one point he was like stroking the back of Steph's head. Like okay, <laughs> Steph like he does it like five times and Steph turns around I was, like what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, they hit that moment with. Um, uh, Magic Johnson in the back, where he's like, "Yeah, like well, yeah, where's your shoes? Lace, lace them up. We could go play right now." And I think it's Gary Payton in the back. I Was like, "Damn." <laughs> but, I don't know. It was just cool to see all the different legends. I wish, I wish some of them, some more of them went. And then it's also sad that uh, I, Jerry West said afterwards that it was really important for him to attend that one because. He's not going to be able to see another one. And he's, uh, I guess he might be right. I don't know. But they, when they do that uh, top 100, I guess, in 2047, a lot of these guys that we grew up watching, they're going to be in their 80s, man. Like Jordan's the 59 right now. He's going to be 84. Like, it's going to, it's going to be sad to see some of the guys that we grew up watching aged to that point. Like someone like Carmelo is going to be sixties. like, what the hell? really so
1: that is kind of mind-blowing
0: that it, it's extremely mind-blowing so did you have any uh thoughts on the nba 75
1: uh i i've quibbles about like some players who made it and didn't okay that's, yeah yeah that's for not sure, super for sure. interesting for yeah, sure like for sure I, i'd say yeah i'll I'll say, and I guess we'll see if you agree, but dame getting in over the likes of dwight or p g and especially dwight, I don't really agree with, or like even a d getting in over dwight, I don't agree with i i don't know yeah happens ex- with yeah, I don't know what happens with dwight in the like the the brotherhood of the n b a or whatever, but he's very clearly not well liked, but as far as on court impact, he's yeah. Far better than a lot of players from his era who were named. Yeah, he's been it's extremely disrespected.
0: And then, and then there's a lot of people upset about um, Alex English not making it from the '80s. Mm. I don't know if was he a part of the original 50. I I have no idea, but I don't know. People, they didn't
1: take anybody off. I don't think.
0: Okay, oh, so well done. I don't. I don't really have words to that, but oh, people. Were, some people were really upset about that. Ah, mm. uh, okay. Let me transition. It's still part of the NBA 75, and if we had taped this podcast like Sunday night or Monday morning, this would be like a pet peeve of mine. But now I'm just kind of confused. Now I'm kind of confused. I'm talking about I'm talking about Kevin Garnett. Okay, so I'm sure you saw the clip. I think Ray Allen had just probably been introduced, and he's kind of like walking down uh, some area, and LeBron's there. And then a little bit more to LeBron's right is KG and Pierce. And Ray Allen walks by, daps up with LeBron, blah, blah, blah. And Pierce is kind of doing like a little golf clap. And KG is just staring into the abyss. It's like, I can't be bothered to look at this guy. And I'm just like, really? My first thought was, really, dude? Like, you're still, you're still putting on this one-sided beef with Ray Allen because he left your team 10 freaking years ago, even though he'd been on the trade block for the last two trade deadlines. You still have beef with this guy? Really? Like I, I I'm a petty person. I love petty, but that was just pathetic to me. And then Pierce posts videos on uh, uh, Monday afternoon. And there's a picture of the three of them together. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess there is no beef anymore but I'm confused. The the word, the the confusion comes in for me is, so I have somebody, uh, a friend who works at TSN and he was saying that I was thinking the way I thought it was happening was, okay, KG was probably still mad or something. And then they mingled around afterwards, all the different Celtics legends. And he's like, okay, you know what? Let me drop the beef. Let me take this picture. I was thinking, I was hoping that was the way it went. Like, Linear like linear-wise, I was hoping it went that way, but I've been told that the mingling part and pro- the picture was probably taken before that. So then, was that just for show? What KG that that clip where you didn't want to look Ray Allen's way was that just for show? Am I looking too much into this? That's why that's why I'm confused.
1: Okay, so you're you're deep diving like you got to. I'm the, deep diving. The I'm investigation. Diving. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when were these photos taken? what were the terms is kevin Kevin garnett like propagating a beef that isn't there or was he just being nice to ray allen and and was actually like you know when there's not mingling and he's like okay i don't have to talk to ray we're all lining up like screw this dude again what what is the real thing that's what we're wondering i'm just i'm just curious because i'm because at the end of the day Ray Allen was a massive
0: part in KG winning his only ring. Yeah. So when that when that when that clip came up and, and he just and KG was didn't even want to look at him. It just it it just seemed pathetic to me. But then I don't know when the picture was taken. See, if the picture was taken before that, then that was just for show. If it was taken after that, then maybe he changed his mind. I don't know. We'll never know. It's just one of these dumb things I want to talk about for three
1: minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it is interesting because I'm not a guy who really likes beef in sports. It's it's not something I really care about. Um, so those in,
0: SB Nation beef videos, you've never really went through them?
1: No, nah, I, like I don't support SB Nation. <laughs> I can't support SB Nation. It's, it's our competition. <laughs> Got um, yeah, just kidding. But um, it is like, yeah, beef is not really my thing when it comes to sports. I totally understand the allure for other people, though. And it's just like, it's what people like and dislike. But uh, yeah, that one seems like it's maybe, I don't know, contrived would be, would be the term I would use to describe mm-hmm. that beef. Because as you said earlier, it's like, A, it's one-sided. B, they should have so many fun moments together. C, the worst thing he did was be, you know, an older player in the league and he went to a team to try and win another ring. He went to go play with one of the greatest players of all time. And, you know, he made the right choice. <laughs> like he made the right choice. And, and yeah, remember know. the Celtics were trying to trade him anyway. They yeah. dangled him on the trade blocks. That's the
0: part that I don't understand. How are you so, uh, how are you so offended that he wanted to leave
1: when you guys were trying to get rid of him anyway?
0: <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. So we can, we, we can get off that topic now. I just wanted to say that. Uh, um, I,
1: there's a parallel there, actually, between the um, the Raptors fan base, the beef they have with Goran Dragic. Because as soon as Goran got traded to the Raptors, everyone's like, get this guy out of here, buy him out, trade him to Denver or Dallas or whatever, just like, make sure he's not on the team. And then when he was like, yeah, I don't want to be there, everyone's like, hey, whoa, man, <laughs> you know?
0: I, I was never – I could I could say I was never a fan of Goran Dragic. I mean, I don't know. Something so, – back to when he was even him and Tamar after the buzzer in one of those games like a few years back it's just like he's just an irritant i mean like he's talented he's talented but he's an irritant and it just he always rubbed me the wrong way so when i heard that's who we're getting back i was like oh my gosh Gordon Johnson's on my team i gotta cheer for this guy hell no and then when the interpretation of what he said while he, while he was overseas came came i was like you made this very easy for me because I was trying to figure out how to cheer for you. So thank you. I don't have to do that. (laughs) just like, so it was over from
1: there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're going to talk about the the upcoming week. Well, half week of basketball before we get into it. But first a message from our friends over at Jack health. (laughs) Want to get to the top of your game. JackHealth at www.jack.health is an online service for men's health that handles the doctor's appointment, getting the prescription, and shipping, which, by the way, is free. All you need to do is stay at home and relax. Sexual health, daily health, hair and skin, it's easy to book an appointment with any of their certified doctors. You don't need to tell everyone and their mother your issues like when you go to the clinic, and mumble what you're there for. Do it all from the privacy of your own home through www.jack dot health and boost your game to the best it can be okay jamar let's boost the podcast Bo- game man hold on before we before
0: we uh before we get to another topic i wanted to talk about one more thing i i, I had my good thing i had my confused thing i want to touch on the thing that annoyed me okay with uh, <laughs> the after, after weekend um and i'm just gonna jump into this by asking you a simple question how do we get the dunk contest back?
1: Oh, that's tough, man. I because, you know, dunking like the dunk contests in the early days suck. Like the dunks they were doing, they suck compared to even like okay dunks today. Dunks Correct. have prog- dunks have progressed in such a way that dunks I think represent like the worst part of the let me let me frame this correctly. The devaluing of dunks represents the worst part of our human brains in that once we see something, we immediately devalue it. And once we see something better than that, we immediately say like, Oh, that's, it's just bad. There aren't many different ways you can make a three point shot go in, especially in the context of the contest. And guys are always making at the top end, a similar amount. And there's like that competition going back and forth, but the dunk contest We're not measuring them. This is where it's different in the three-point competition. We're not measuring the dunkers against the dunkers of that year. We measure them against the greatest dunkers to ever do it. And that's why we'll always lose. Because when you go to the three-point contest, you're trying to win that year. But when you go to the dunk competition, you have to beat everybody who came before you. And that's like 35 years of dunking. And it also includes Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. And just you can't do it. It can't be done.
0: Well, I will. <sighs> I like Wade on the broadcast, but it it was ironic to see him flip the the nine to a six. Like this dunk contest was a six. If I'm putting out a <laughs> pie, if, if I'm putting out a pie of blame, I'm giving Dwayne Wade a lot of blame for this dumb contest being kind of meh because. He single-handedly took two people out of this dunk contest. First of all, he's everybody knows he screwed over Aaron Gordon going rogue. And then, if you remember, Ja Morant was watching that dunk contest. He was a rookie at the time, and he tweeted out, "This is why I will probably never join a dunk contest because of the judges." So it's like you took Jaw out of the dunk contest, and then I'm seeing Jaw, you know, throw down some like ridiculous shit on the, during the All Star game, and I'm like. This is Dwayne Wade's fault. He should have been in the he could have been in the dunk contest, but you soured it for him. <laughs> and then I felt bad for Obi Toppin because uh, he won. And then the question from Stephanie Reddy was really weird. Where she was basically like, uh, she tried to throw Reggie and D Wade under the bus, where say, like, because they were talking about should they put the dunk contest ahead of the three-point shootout. And she was basically saying, Hey, congrats. You won. Uh, but this wasn't very good. Do you think this was anticlimactic?" And I was just like, what kind of question is that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, like, that sucks. That,
0: that, that, that was rough. That was rough. It was like, oh my gosh, I feel bad for this
1: guy. Well, yeah. It's, it's not like he's a, he's not a politician who's lying. You don't have to grill him. Like he just won the dunk competition, like sell, <laughs> celebrate him, man. Like being like, Hey, yeah. do you think that was shitty? Like what the hell is he gonna say? He's holding up his trophy. You <laughs> like, he, probably, you know what I mean. He'd probably been dreaming about this since he was a kid. And they're like, "Hey, did, was that everything you wanted?" Like one of those really dark, like you've achieved it. Do you feel empty now? Like that's that's what <laughs> she gave him, and and they put was, the mic in his face. You know.
0: Oh my god, that that
1: was horrible.
0: But yeah, <laughs> so that that was my good. That was that was my good, confused and ugly on All Star, in in total.
1: Yeah, that, that works for me. So on to Raptors versus Charlotte. Another day, another game against Montrezl Uh The Hornets are 29-31. The Raptors, 32-25. Awesome that the Raptors are 32-25. I think their over-under was 34.5 on the year. I think that was like the standardized what you could bet they'd win over-under. I said that I thought they'd win less than that this year just to be fully transparent. So people can know like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, the guy hosting this podcast is a dummy, you know? So it's dig, dig your teeth in, but Raptors Hornets first game back from the break. What are you expecting?
0: Well, first of all, the first thing I'm going to pay attention to is the first quarter. Cause a lot of times these teams coming out of the, a lot of these, a lot of times these teams coming out of the, out of the the break, uh, like that opening quarter is just woof. So it's funny. It's like, it's like only like nine days off, but it feels like they've had, sometimes it feels like they've had like three months off. Sometimes, especially, especially when the Raptors have a home game coming out of the all-star break, they come out extremely flat. But I don't think there's a team that needed the All Star break more than the Charlotte Hornets because they were freaking brutal down the stretch. Uh, because they were the seven seed not too long ago, and then they lost like what ten of eleven games or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they needed the reset button badly. I don't know. Is Gordon? Is Gordon? Um, I was gonna say Gordon Dragic for a second. Is Gordon Hayward's injury? Like serious? That is he out for a while? I don't. I don't think. I don't the, think he'll be back
1: for that game.
0: MRI left ankle. He's out indefinitely. that was from February eighth. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. one Let Gordon Hayward, he he he. he misses chunks. They really miss him. This is really reminiscent of last year when they were in a good position and then they kind of faltered down the stretch of folk Gordon Hayward and they kind of got blasted in the uh, playing game. It kind of feels like they're following the same script. Uh it's a it's a for the rap on the Raptors side of things it's a pretty ideal opponent to go against because i mean like you know they're not you know their defense is terrible uh pascal just got pascal got some rest fred barely played in the all-star game so he got some rest too and i think the raptors can for the most part pretty much pick up where they left off yeah Montrez will be a little bit of anoy- annoying to deal with as he always is but this is that's a really really winnable game to pick up where you left off
1: are you expecting the raptors to see maybe a lot of zone like since it's the first game back and they'd had trouble with zone recently i Mm. I wonder if the hornets might just try and throw it at them almost from jump street
0: i don't think they would throw it from jump street but like second third quarter they might especially when the raptors go to a like a, a a bench a more of a bench lineup where you're putting in non-shooters like say Delano's in the game or Boucher or Precious is in the game where he's like okay I I think that'll entice them to run a zone a little bit more but I don't think they would I don't think they would throw it at them from the jump because like part of playing a zone you kind of have to have that cohesion and I feel like they're less likely to do that the first game of the All-Star break. So, I wouldn't be, I don't, I actually don't expect too much of that.
1: Hmm. I, I'm, we'll, we'll have a little bet. I'm expecting zone in the first quarter. And okay. I, what, what do you want to put up? What can, what can we bet? I have no idea. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. We'll, we'll message. We can, I'm expecting zone in the first quarter. Is, is that I say a, no. Are those fair terms?
0: Yeah. You, you okay. say yes, I say no.
1: Okay. Uh, we'll do yeah. Zone in the first quarter, yes and no, and I guess we'll see who wins. And whoever wins gets something. I don't. We don't know what it is. Uh, maybe the podcast will be updated. Maybe not. We'll see. But okay, yeah, they're facing the Charlotte Hornets. Maybe they zone. Maybe there isn't. But the Hornets, as you said, have lost so many games recently. I think they're one in nine in their last ten. As you said, lost ten of eleven. The Raptors are eight and two in their last ten. They've been winning a bunch lately, and the bad defense. Is there anything you're worried about the Hornets doing offensively to kind of get the Raptors' defense out of sorts, or are you feeling okay on that end as well?
0: To, to be honest, no. And this is why I think this is a really good game to start the could uh, start the quote unquote second half of the season, even though it's like twenty something games left. Um, I mean. The Hornets can score in bunches and, but as much as they scored, they're going to give up just as much. It's just, I, they're just, to be honest, just a kind of a mediocre team to me where, and I want to see if they continue the same spiral that they were before the, before the all-star break. There's nothing that particularly worries me. Um, cause I don't know though. I don't remember the numbers off rip for the last time the Raptors were there, but I feel like I feel like LaMelo and Terry Rozier had a, de- a decent game. I'm I'm not I'm not sure about um Miles Bridges. And Then obviously Hayward that's the game he got hurt. Uh Martrez will give them a punch that we didn't see before. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I would be surp- I would be pretty surprised if the Raptors lose this game. I just feel like it's an ideal game even though it's on the road. I just feel like it's an ideal game to start w- start with.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, also, I think the Raptors, if if you're going to take the optimist look at things, I think that they have 100% rounded into being not an above average team, but a good team. And mm-hmm. in the East, it's really hard to take that step into great. I know that the Cavs, uh, their record might reflect like a, a borderline great team, but I don't think they're there. But there's a lot of teams in the East that have the potential for just they could be really, really good. And I don't think the Raptors are there. Um, Maybe maybe they can prove that they are by the end of the season, but they're certainly good enough to win the games they're supposed to at this point. That's a super important part of being a winning team. And I think they have turned that corner. And I think the Hornets are currently in the position that the Raptors were last year, where a team with a bunch of talent on it is finding ways to lose a lot of games. Whereas the best teams, no matter what's happening on the floor, they always have that like innate momentum and they find out how to win games. And if they, and they win the games, they should. And the Raptors have, you know, they've stolen victory from the clutches of defeat quite a few times this year, which is the polar opposite from last year where they would have a game in hand and lose it. And they did it right. over and over again. And I think the Hornets are, they're juxtaposed in that way. Uh, right. The Hawks though, the next day, the Raptors start off the with a back to back, which is yeah. incredibly on brand. And also yeah. an interesting wrinkle, it's the first ever NBA um in I guess in in partnership with the HBCU stream. It's like a brand new thing they're doing. Have you heard oh, anything uh, about that?
0: I that's that's news to me. I actually did not know that.
1: Yeah. Well, it makes sense that it would be with um Atlanta. That's obviously yeah that's they're like a a hallmark, um, franchise for that, but yeah, very, very interesting. But as far as that game, Atlanta should be the healthiest they've been playing the Raptors. I believe they're, they're a really good team. Their, their record, I don't think reflects how good they are. We touched on this the last time we talked on the podcast, but that's a really damn good team. Is there, is there anything you're expecting there?
0: Ooh, that that's going to be, that's going to be a tough game. Um, I, I would expect that game to be close. That'd be I would expect that game to be like some of the games we saw down the stretch uh before the All-Star break, where you know, like four minutes left, one point game, you don't know where this is going. That's gonna be one of those clutch moments type game where like five minutes, five minute five minutes left, five point game, see what happens. I don't th- I th- that's gonna be. I hope I hope they can I hope they can uh take care of, take care of Charlotte so that that would help them on that back to back, but yeah I don't I don't really have a feel for that game because Atlanta's tough they had problems dealing with Trey uh the first the first time that Trey played against them. I mean he he didn't have his like average numbers but you know he still created a lot of problems and obviously he opens up the game for their athletic bigs like Collins and uh, Capella and um the guys the the sixth overall pick from last oh, year blanking on, on yes, yuck that, yuck yeah. yuck. yes that's it that's it so yeah the, the the those trio of bigs where you can just pick and roll and and find openings and lob you to death or find shooters like bogey and deandre hudner and they have a really good team so I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a good test game. It's a, I mean, like we play, we've seen them before, yes, but you know, it's a we good just, test game. And at, at some point, Atlanta has to get some sort of a rhythm. Like there has to be a sense of urgency. Where okay, we don't want to end the season like being the ten seed or the nine seed. Where if we 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 uh got to win two games to get into the playoffs. Like at some point, they gotta have some sort of urgency.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, I think you bring up a salient point. Is that Stopping Trey is a really, really big deal. And the Raptors had the benefit the last time they played him because they won when Trey wasn't there the first time they played. And then they won when Trey was there the second time. But that was on the second night of a back to back where Trey had just finished putting up like nearly 30 shots. And the Raptors did, you know, defensively after the first quarter where he kind of brutalized them, they started to funnel him towards the rim. They started to throw more defensive switches at him they did like switch and blitz they did hedge and recover they just did straight up switching and they did drop like they mixed a lot of different things but if he's not on the second night of a back-to-back he might have more physical and mental bandwidth to kind of deal with those changes and make the decisions accordingly and that might be harder to keep up with during the you know the middle parts of the game like a second or third quarter run from, you know, the eight minutes of Trey Young just spamming pick and roll wouldn't surprise me at all. If it happened in the fourth quarter, it would surprise me because the Raptors have like Pascal or OG who can switch out and they can kind of um, mitigate what the Hawks like to do, but they can't maintain that for a full game. So I'm really interested the same way I was the first time they played Trey. How do you guard this guy in the pick and roll? Like how often are you tagging? like and are the are the hawks sending like screens knowing that you're going to tag like throwing an exit screen to create open threes on the opposite side like all these different things there's so there's just a chess match waiting to happen and it's two good coaches and I'm just I'm really excited to see how that shakes out and then of course I hope Pascal just terrorizes them again cuz he was so so good in that other game it's yeah it's really, didn't it's he really had, interesting. Like,
0: didn't he have like 23 or 21? I can't remember the number in the first quarter. Something like that.
1: Yeah, just absolutely bodied yeah. him. Yeah. Right. And so, like, yeah, unstoppable to some degree, which is like, that's the super fun thing about this season is Fred and Pascal coming into their own as like these blow up scorers because Pascal has been that, but it also, it it seemed like he was capturing something that other people were creating for him to some degree before. And now it's like, he is the fuel for his own superstar performances there's very little done in the way of help from other players he's not reliant on being the release valve he's not reliant on being the role man or anything like that you give him the ball and he's going to put the ball in the bucket or give one of his teammates you know an opportunity to score and yeah he is the author of his own explosive scoring performances and that's just that's incredibly fun to watch and and fred as well like that 24 point quarter that he had against the utah is just like grabbing defensive rebounds sprinting to a specific spot above the break and hitting threes and just now they're pressing up on him i'll take it to the rim like that ability for fred to take all of that into account and be like okay i can do all of these things now just hasn't been a part of his game and the same goes for siakam and it's made them such a joy to watch this year, and I'm I'm really excited to see them play such a good opponent like the Hawks because I think they they aren't a sleeping giant because I don't think they're a contender, but they're certainly like a sleeping good to great team in the league. So yeah, I think that game is going to kick ass.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those playoff preparation games where it's like you need those type of games that are going to go down to the wire. You need you need those reps on you know how to execute and I, and i've been really impressed with how the raptors have played down the stretch like you mentioned before you know they've a couple of games that they probably should have lost they turned those into wins so definitely that's definitely one of the games to look forward to uh
1: um, coming out of the
0: all-star break for sure
1: do you have a do you have a prediction for us a win or a loss
0: that game, I have no idea. That game could go either way. The Charlotte, the Charlotte game, I am very confident that they'll they'll handle them pretty easily. Uh, the, like I, the Raptors could win the Charlotte game by double digits, like ten to t- ten to twelve points. That wouldn't surprise me. The Atlanta game, all I know is that it's in the last few minutes. It's going to be a one possession game, and from there, who knows? Make or miss league from there.
1: Make or miss league. That's right. I I guess I'll ask you another question. Sure. Uh, who who do you want taking the last shot in the Raptors? I'm I'm curious, just just to stir up some
0: drama. <laughs> <laughs> last shot for the Raptors. Uh, in terms of being able to get his shot off, I feel like Gary Trent is actually the guy that I would want taking Whoa. the last shot because he's just he's just capable of of he's the best in terms of creating a shot off the dribble and getting that shot off it's not always the smartest shot in the world that he takes but i've seen a big sample size like a big enough sample size where i trust him where if it's uh uh i feel i mean i'm i'm, I'm trying to think between fred and pascal because Fred has, Fred has gotten better at, you know, creating off the dribble as well, but still normally in those situations, it's like a, it's like a set play for him. Like we even saw that in the uh, game. I forget which game it was where they ran the same play twice and he, he made a rainbow to bring them within one. And then they ran the same play and he he kind of missed it. It was a good play,
1: but he just yeah, missed. It's, um, so what it is, is that's I'll actually, for anybody listening to this podcast by the time you listen to it i'll have my first breakdown video out on yahoo sports and uh it's on the pascal and fred pick and roll but that is a play they've run since the the bubble and it's it's the four one pick and roll with a ghosted screen and an empty side and they ran it twice in a row and it the first time the uh the nuggets did a hedge and recover and that yeah, meant so. that fred got to slip into space and hit that rainbow three the next time they ran it, they just switched across, they did a switch, and then they doubled once Pascal got to the nail and Fred missed the wide open three, and then OG got blocked on the tip in. But it was a really great look. Like I, I love, love, love Pascal Fred screening actions late in game. That's that's my favorite thing. And whatever, whatever the defense does, you do the most advantageous shot from that point on. That's my favorite look for them.
0: Yeah. If you're okay let me let me branch this out a little bit more if you're like if this is coming out of a like a a play where you're running like that one four i'm totally fine with that and whatever you get out of that even if it's you know if, if if it's pascal i'll try kind of kind of doing one of those straight line drives or something like that and creating out of there i'm okay with that when i was saying taking the last shot i was just thinking okay like nothing's happening right now Mm -hmm. and somebody has to make something happen. And if it's in that situation, I trust Gary Trent more than anybody. That's kind of what I meant. But like, if it's, yeah, but if you're, if you're like have a timeout and you have a chance to drop a play, I mean, Gary Trent's one of the options, definitely for sure. But, but between Fred and Pascal, I I really don't care who takes the shot in that situation.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, we can even look at, I believe, well, so there's two, two things I can think of is Spain leak that the Raptors ran against the Bulls. And that play is designed almost specifically for Gary Trent Jr. They run it a lot with him. Every once in a while, they'll put Pascal in Fred's spot and Fred in Gary's spot. And then the big man is kind of whatever. Precious can be in that spot. Chris can be in that spot. The big man isn't much of a consideration. But that was the spot that the Raptors, it was 122 to 120, I believe. And Gary Trent Jr. hit the three after getting the steal. That's a great look. And that's them picking a play that goes to him as a shooter. But against Philadelphia, the game that the Raptors lost by five, I believe, on the 28th of December, Gary was the guy in pick and roll situations. They went to dribble handoffs. They went to pick and rolls. He had four possessions as the ball handler in the last two minutes. One of them, I believe, turned into a bucket. And it was... Pascal hit him on the short roll and Pascal was able to roll to the rim and hit a floater over Embiid, but it was a great pass made because they did blitz the action because Embiid was at the level of the screen. And the other two, he got funneled to the rim and Gary Trent is not beating Embiid at the rim. It's just not happening. And then I think he missed a mid range jumper, but I loved that they went to it because you're giving him more reps in those situations. And actually I do like your answer. It's, it's not my answer, but if you're going to just kind of lean into like, hey, this guy's been one of the best shot makers in the NBA. It's hard to score at the end of games. Give him a shot to hit something. I, I have no problem with Gary Trent Jr. taking a shot at the end of the game. It, it's is as good as an option as any if it's up for debate.
0: And if anybody helps off anybody that teams tend to get caught doing in these situations, OG's made a a bunch of key. Shots, yeah. whether it be from the corner or whatever, he's made, he's made a bunch of key shots in those situations. So the, you always have to think of OG as an option. By the way, when it, come, when, we come, when it comes to coming out of the all-star break, I don't think anybody on the Raptors needed a break more than OG. Because uh, the, down, down the stretch, his play kind of really fell off. So I'm really interested to see how he comes out of the all-star break. Because he, he, just, he just needed a break, to me at least.
1: Yeah, he was, he was having a tough time for sure. Uh, Jamar? Any parting shots before we get out of here? Parting shots.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm blank, but uh, just keep checking uh, Raptors Republic or my Twitter, Jamar B, uh, -B J-A-M-A-R-B-H for previews, recaps. You know, sometimes uh, I'll have a a quick reaction to a game coming out of it whenever I get the chance to do that. But other than that, pretty status quo over here
1: all right status quo is good we like the status quo so eh. Jam- <laughs> okay can, can be cannot don't.
0: be will can be cannot be depends on the
1: time of day okay well uh we'll cross our fingers for more good status quo and less bad status <laughs> quo then uh jamar thanks so much for coming on man no
0: problem man anytime
1: And listener, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. But whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.